0: Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org. It's a delight. And down here is a Rumi poem. And Rumi is a 13th century Persian poet extraordinarily popular on greeting cards in America and everywhere else <laughs> but sometimes these poems really speak to me like they just come up out of the ethers and talk in my head and over and over and over again and that's when I like to bring them in and share on that so I'm gonna have somebody volunteer to read the poem Sorry. oh great <coughs>
1: um. The breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Don't go back to sleep. People are going back and forth across the door sill where the two worlds touch. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep.
0: Okay. So hold that in your mind as I give you a little story. Um, And I'd really like to explore this poem with you today um, and bring in the Buddhist teachings because that's kind of what we do here um, and see how it applies. So I'll start with a story. Last week I was on retreat at the Mary and Joseph Center, uh, such a beautiful place, and I like to stay over wake up early in the morning when I'm there and there's a beautiful labyrinth on the grounds so I like to get up super early before everybody (laughs) all right grab that coffee and do this beautiful mindful walking it's circular and there's a lot of nature and birds it's just so beautiful especially if you're a city dweller you know it's just great to be walking mindful walking in nature doing these beautiful circles and of course I got there Friday nights Saturday morning got up at the crack of dawn and had this beautiful labyrinth to myself and all the nature and silent beautiful walking it was really sweet and deep and continued in walking meditation and just enjoying Uh, this time and and the silence and just walking, feeling the earth and looking, simple present moment awareness, which is really radiant and vast and beautiful at certain times, real nurturing and supportive, wonderful to have that time. So the next morning, very greedily, I set my alarm, get up at the crack of dawn, I'm going to beat everybody and have the same experience at the labyrinth. And when I got there, there was a woman sitting cross legged playing the ukulele and singing. <laughs> and there were people dancing in the labyrinth.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And um, I watched the mind. You know, you watch yourself. You watch your mind. Meditation is watching your mind, looking, awareness, looking at objects, right? Watching the mind. And the mind was like, what? Do they understand what labyrinths are about? (laughs) We're supposed to be silently walking. You know, this whole story arose about what you're supposed to do at a labyrinth, and you're not supposed to be playing, in in this mind, you are not supposed to be playing the ukulele and singing at 7 a.m. And they were really having a great time. And so uh, the so awareness was watching the game of the mind. And and, and this mind, this body mind was horrified. But like, this is my labyrinth. <laughs> this is my time. You're disturbing me. You know, that you, right? And you don't know the rules, and you're breaking them. You know, just the whole thing. And then something arose in me and said, I should tell them. <laughs> Does this sound familiar?
1: Okay. You, you
0: don't know this, right? You've never experienced anything like this before, right? And I will admit to you um, that I did say something. I said, I didn't go and explain it, but I said, You're playing the ukulele at the labyrinth. (laughs) You know, I did do that. It was kind of embarrassing, and then I caught myself and turned around. Like, that was enough. (laughs) The mind could see the aversion and the desire and the clinging that was present, right? What was present? Clinging to experience. I want it the way I want it. I want the good, and I want the good the way I want the good. The way I want it delivered, just like a pizza. I want the (laughs) toppings, right? (laughs) Right? Um, So there's desire and clinging and grasping to what I think even a spiritual experience should be, which is humorous in itself. And and there was aversion, right? Uh, You're not doing it the way I think you should be doing it. So all those things were present. And what were they blocking? Present moment awareness. Awareness itself. Right, that spacious, lovely, beautiful feeling at times, and then it's not here at times, but that nurturance of present moment, you know, being grounded in here with what is as it is. So I thought about this poem um, because that's one way I know that I go back to sleep and kind of don't stay in the prison of my aversion and what I want. And yeah, everything gets very contracted um, and sometimes noticing that when things like that, that happen, that don't go my way, I like to talk about it and tell you and tell you and build a self and build a story on why I'm right, and, you know, and ruminate and live in it. And then maybe have a few sleepless nights and do some stress eating, you know, right. You have all this ways that we put ourselves in a prison. The door is wide open and we go to sleep. We don't see the hindrance. It's very difficult what I'm saying. It's difficult. I could do it in 10 minutes, right? This is a very difficult piece of being human. Um, so the reason why I bring up this story is the next thing that happened was very, very interesting. Interesting. And I want to share this because it was sort of like the synchronicity that you get sometimes when trying to understand a teaching. So I'm there and and I'm not going to do the mindful, silent walking at the labyrinth. And I just kept walking. And um, there are beautiful hiking trails at Mary and Joseph around there. And um, they are filled with wildflowers right now. And somehow my little body mind wound up walking towards the hiking trail. I could do mindful walking on the hiking trail. And uh, then the, the, there was some thoughts, right? We think. And one thought said, well, you can't hike before breakfast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have low
0: blood. You know, you can't hike. Be- and then another one had, well, your knee, you know, because it was a slopey trail. Uh-huh. You know, it's not really good for the knee. So um, you can't do it. And it's like, do you have those moments of who is talking in your head, right? <laughs> who is it that's talking and who's making this commentary and who, who do you take yourself to be, right? And sometimes we're asleep to those thoughts and voices in our head that are simply fictional. Because the truth was, yes, in fact, uh, this body mind could hike without breakfast and the knees were fine and as a matter of fact walking on those trails early in the morning was a beautiful beautiful experience of wildflowers in the ocean Mm
1: -hmm.
0: both in view on the trail early alone just magnificent and i thought the message of that story right it's like you can fall asleep to to the I making and my making and the aversion and the stories of why I'm right and what doesn't work and you could live there or you can go on a hike (laughs) right you can you can move you can allow the experience to unfold without having an answer or knowing and getting out of who I take myself to be these I and mine stories Mm -hmm. and when we do There's something very beautiful in that surrender and letting go and and the not knowing and allowing things to unfold. Mm -hmm. Just being with experience, this beautiful, beautiful way of being. And really, not much in our culture supports this present moment awareness. Mm -hmm. So, um... Sometimes, before we move on, I want to say, sometimes when you hit those aversive patches where somebody should be doing something differently than you see it, for me, that's quite regular. I don't know about you. Sometimes the grasping and clinging is vicious. Yes. You can't get out of it. It's really vicious. It's like you're stuck in it. And the mind is ruminating and perseverating. The mood is low and everything's very tight. Um, right, It can really take you down. So, so when that happens, because we're human, we just have to have a lot of compassion and, and practice self-compassion. Because this is what it means to be human. This is the nature of mind. It's not one of us, it's all of us that get stuck just like that. It's just like that for all beings. And that's time to give ourselves a lot of compassion. Another way to work with that, there's a Zen story of um, the image of the bull grazing in the fields and he has a ring. And if the bull is going somewhere that the sheep herder or the bull herder, I'm from Brooklyn, I really don't know what they called them, <laughs> then, but you know, whatever they called them, right? Um, if, if the bull goes off or the cow goes off out of the pasture, The herder takes him by the ring, and pulls him. And sometimes we have to take our mind by the ring, you know, and pull it back. And oh, and by distracting or talking louder than the mind. Sometimes I like to use gratitude and what's going well, and I, you know, will list it just to stop the mind from becoming a grievance department. I was at a um, meditation retreat in New York City in the 70s, I think. And the guru was very popular, so there were like a thousand people there. And um, this one woman raised her hand And she had asked the teacher this same question, what do I do, you know, when my mind is, and she happened to be a photographer, and she said, I was in the dark room sorting out my negatives, that's what you did in the 70s, right, you don't do that anymore, and, you know, I couldn't get over my anger at, but we are all in the dark room sometimes sorting out our negatives, (laughs) Uh. right, and that's when we go to sleep. It's one version of this poem. That's when we go to sleep. And the Buddha knew this, right? He talked about how certain states of mind, and he called them hindrances. The things that hinder you come in and they cover this beautiful present moment awareness, this beautiful state of being. And if we're asleep to that we get quite contracted we could get lost and suffer in desire for the things we want and this is not necessarily bad it's just the way it's just natural it's just life it's just life right we can get caught there we, you know the greed of it sometimes it's my it's my labyrinth not yours And I want it the way I want it, right? Just like that. Or the aversion. Um, And even the doubt. I can't, I can't walk on that trail. I I haven't eaten. My knee is weak, right? Doubt, doubt in ourselves, doubt in our capacity to practice. All these things are like, in a way, they're going to sleep. We go unconscious, we go under, go under, we go under, and the practice is like, can be like the bell that wakes us up, that opens the window and gives us another way to be with ourselves. It's just like that the only thing we need to do is just make time to hear the teachings and to practice and one of the ways I really like to practice and encourage you is um, in walking meditation walking with your eyes open and just what listening to the mind and watching the mind just watching no um, don't set yourself any real goal just looking walking sensing and hearing watching the awareness where your mind goes and notice when your mind gets lost in the time travel gets lost in a problem-solving then gets lost in a conversation that you will never have right gets lost in a mistake in the past right Gets lost in a fantasy and in some ways that's a moment where we go to sleep, very natural, we're built that way. There's nothing wrong with any of this, but the door is wide open. So the invitation of Buddhism is like the door is wide open. It's open, awareness is open. It's an invitation to step out of this, to step out into this beauty of it and to see this beautiful shimmering world, this beautiful awakefulness of this present moment, the sweetness of this world and being in the heart. But we don't go back to sleep. So, um, so, so let's read the poem. Let's have some fun with the poem. So who would like to read the poem one more time? A volunteer.
1: The breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Don't go back to sleep. People are going back and forth across the door sill where the two worlds touch. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep.
0: So so I want to ask you a little bit, just free, free associate on this. What do you think it means for you, that line, when the two worlds touch? Anybody have any ideas on that? Yeah. Like the
2: inner and outer world. Inner experience versus sort of outside stimulus and what touches your senses.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Yes. Um, more, for me, more subconscious and conscious, like when you're just waking up and you're leaving the dream world and then going into what your reality is.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Anyone else?
1: I think for me, I feel like it's when there's a, a cloud, a veil, and when there's not. Mm.
0: Yes, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, yeah, yes.
1: Um, I see it through the physical world and the spiritual world.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: Yes. Mind versus heart.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Perhaps
2: the world of truth and false reality.
0: Right. Anyone else? Another interpretation on the two worlds is the world of the mind that isn't thinking and creating and imagining, and the mind that's kind of empty and still, and how we navigate those so um another question I have is. Um, hmm mm-hmm. say it louder
2: heedful heedful yes
0: that's right
2: in the sense that um people don't want to be heedful because that means you have to be very mindful of everything you do of body, speech, and mind, so it's much easier to uh come back to the other world and be lazy and be back asleep. It takes a lot of energy to uh
0: Heatful. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Heatful?
2: Heatful? I don't understand. Heed. H D E D. Heedful.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about that for <laughs> a minute. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <In> this, um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So.
2: To be heedful means that you have to, I'm going to say strategically, which you might not like the word, strategically decide between two things, what is more skillful and what is less skillful, or what is more wholesome and what is less wholesome. So the Buddha would sit there, or he told his son Rahula, who was trying to figure it out. If you're trying to figure out what is skillful or unskillful, you're going to have to do something, you're going to have to make a decision And then look at the outcome of that behavior. So, did you do something that was blameworthy or something that was not blameworthy? What was the outcome? Did you make somebody happy or did you piss somebody off? That's just real obvious. And so, you want to be heedful so that you're not doing things to irritate people. So that's heedful. Uh, And you want to do that of everything you do, body, speech and mind. Every movement you make, you want to be heedful. And to be heedful means you have to be smart, which isn't easy. so it's easier to retreat back and to be lazy. And then your discernment has to come from your meditation and your concentration. It's also it's easy to retreat from that, to come up with excuses. I don't have time. I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have time. So, That's what people say.
1: Yeah. You know, the two Go worlds ahead. are, to me, simply yeah. the world of awareness and unawareness. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say something about when we talk about um, something like hindrances, aversion, desire, greed, going to sleep. It's very easy for an inner critic to keep, to creep in and say, oh no, that's you, oh no, you don't do it, or you could feel bad about when you were aversive or when you had desire. And let's just, we have to ask the critic sometimes to leave the room, because the Buddha wasn't asking us to be critical of ourselves, he was asking us to have interest and investigation and to be curious, and to use those moments as learning moments, like, wow, I suffer when I'm like this, mm-hmm. and how, what is the way to suffer less? Mm -hmm. You know because this is kind of natural and I want to say another thing that we we sometimes we become very eye-centered like the critic attacks you and We know that that's a function of the brain in neuroscience It's not even your fault that you're doing it. Your brain is kind of queued up to do that It's programmed to do it, but really this is a we experience we live in a culture, it's not easy to survive from day to day. It looks like it is, but in so it's not in a lot of ways. And it's a lot of stress
1: mm-hmm.
0: and insecurity and fear. You know, um, <clears throat> Some of us have to worry about very basic things, <clears throat> very basic things, like health insurance or food. And it has an impact. The mind can get contracted and fearful and, and critical, and there could be a sense of inadequacy. So this is not what we're talking about it's really bringing awareness and loving kindness and curiosity and gentleness and openness and and just love to these tendencies to widen the heart to kind of live in the heart and uh we are all gonna have this negative chatter we'll have it the minute we leave here for sure you know you may have it because somebody uh, didn't drive correctly next to you or didn't turn on their signal (coughs) Uh, But it's not an opportunity for a critic. It's an opportunity to just be awake in a loving, kind way to yourself, Mm -hmm. you know. That's all it calls for. Um, It's not a, um, it's not uh, like we say in here, Kathy loves when I say this, it's mindfulness with a C-minus, you know. And Sayadaw, Tejaniya would say, relax, your mindfulness has to relax. I say, get a (laughs) C-minus. C minus mindfulness right don't go for the A hm that's like getting
1: a bad grade hmm?
0: In my moral that's a good grade. Relax. Relax. Oh, yeah. that's a good grade. Oh. Is that a good grade? I thought yeah. It is a bad grade. It's like a relax. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, you know, it's person. right effort. We don't want to you don't want <laughs> to make your mindfulness into become a type A personality around mindfulness. Right. I can't think of anything more sad. <laughs> yeah. Striving. Striving. I have to be a good person. Stay awake, right? You know, oh, yeah. I have to not have any aversion way yeah. to have a tremendous aversion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Right. <laughs> right. So we want to see this as an invitation. It's also the two worlds, right? Uh, yes. The World kind of, of compassion and loving kindness versus self-judgment, self-criticism. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's break into some small group. I'll leave. Th- I'll hold the poem up here, <laughs> being that I don't have anything else. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. let's have some dialogue about the two worlds right about the back and forth um, how you notice you're asleep and when you're awake right um, what helps you to stay awake how you work with compassion when you fall asleep which you will and 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 before we break I'll say one more thing about neuroscience that I did read so in case you are still being critical um, the brain goes on autopilot naturally, and the reason why it does that is not because you're a bad practitioner; it's because it saves energy. Mm. It, oh, your full awareness and attention requires energy from the body, and the brain knows that. It's sort of like you know, um, now when you walk in the supermarkets and there's low lighting, and then you look at something and the cabinet the freezer cabinet lights up do you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. well your brain is like that it doesn't it it um, it goes on low energy to hold energy so when you're on autopilot or not noticing you're just in a natural state it's connatural right and that's why we say um, relax because it's not like you need more energy sometimes you need a little more energy it's just, it's just it's, we're cultivating an awareness that knows, an awareness that knows a bump in the road, a hindrance, you know, that sees clearly, but we don't have to change, uh, you know, we're, we're not making ourselves into new, better, improved beings. We're just uh, cultivating awareness to suffer less, you know, have more skillfulness in our lives, right? You know, a wakefulness that serves us. Uh, we don't have to make ourselves into this better new version. Okay? Okay. Um, okay. So small groups of two, three, four. Yeah. And if there is You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.